Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where each episode provides in-depth insights about the long-term value of companies and ideas in our current world. Your host for this podcast is Doug Utberg, the founder and principal consultant for Business of Life, LLC. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. I have Tony Corrales on the line here. And what we're going to talk about today is producing with purpose, which incidentally also happens to be the name of his podcast. Uh, so I've got a little bit of a thing going there. Uh, yeah. So, But Tony's, uh, his whole point of view or what he is really passionate about is what he calls ethical entrepreneurship, which is really putting your soul into what you're doing. He works a lot with purpose-driven organizations, uh, but this can also apply to say any kind of startup, or even if you have a you know, just a traditional career is is really bringing your whole soul into what you're doing and making sure that you're doing it with just with the highest amount of personal integrity and ethics. Uh, Tony, don't let me don't let me talk this whole time. Uh, introduce yourself and uh, let's get the conversation going. Yeah, awesome. That's a great summary, Doug. So I think yeah, it's about. I come from an angle of ethical entrepreneurship, as you say, uh-huh. working with the purpose-driven businesses. And I suppose in a way that comes from the start of my career working in not-for-profit. Um, yeah. and then, But then having more of a drive and look, this isn't to say anything bad about the work in not-for-profits yeah. because it's obviously amazing. But when you've got that kind of drive and grind to get out there and make something happen, it's, yeah. not, it's not really the industry to work in. So it's about taking some of the ethics and the ethos behind those uh-huh. environments and pulling that into what, you know, yourself and your listeners are probably more involved with, which is then kind of that aspirational growth. And I think it's about looking at the way that people have made amazing, awesome, huge companies, you know, your Coca-Colas of the world and things like that. And looking at the next generation now of those highly successful businesses, but doing it with, you know, in a way that's a little bit more sustainable for the world to evolve. And we'll also get a lot of support, you know, a lot more support. It's a pretty hot topic at the moment, you know, um, in the way that people operate. Well, and that, um, that actually kind of pinned on one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is that, you know, I can, of course, you know, I come from the corporate world. I spent almost 17 and a half years at Intel, which is, of course, is the world's biggest semiconductor company. And then I spent a couple of years at Lattice Semiconductor, which is a much, much, much smaller semiconductor company. But of course, I come from, you know, corporate tech. And, um, you know, a lot of the structure of those companies is really modeled after, after general, the Jack Welch General Electric from the 19th. 90s, right? Which is where you have these exhaustive personnel reviews. You have a whole bunch of layers of middle management. You have, you know, uh, you have reporting structures. You have the whole idea that your top 10 to 20% get promoted, your bottom 10 to 20% get moved out. Um, At least what I'm seeing is that I think that model is breaking down. Um, And I think the proof point to that is that when everybody went remote with COVID and they found out that people were basically working unsupervised, or quote unsupervised, that there wasn't really a reduction in productivity. So that either means that the soup, well, that means one of two things. It means either A, that the initial productivity wasn't as high as you thought it was, or B, (laughs) or two, B slash two, it either means your initial productivity wasn't as high as you thought it was, or it means that the, um, you know, the the value of that supervision isn't as high as you thought it was, or possibly both. Um, But, uh, but, you know, I think that there's a lot of companies that are really starting to re-examine that. And I, I think that that's actually kind of a wave of the future. I think the idea of having a management heavy organization is really an antiquated 
an antiquated idea that kind of goes back to the, uh, it really goes back to the industrial revolution, I think. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, just a lot of people, at least my observation is that, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, of course, right, you know, they need a chance to learn, gain skills, they need a chance to, uh, you know, develop competencies. But I don't think that they need as much heavy oversight as a lot of organizations put on. I mean, I I'd love to know your opinion, but... No, I think that's definitely the case. Now, I, I consult with a lot of businesses yeah. as well. So I'll do operations consultancy. So it's, you know, I come from an environment where I, I love process because I see process do things well. And that's, you know, a big part of what I do with operations. But I also see how leaning things out is more valuable. And I think that's what we've seen a lot from there as well is we can be yeah. leaner. I know a lot of the companies I'm working with now have got the desire to actually scale back their teams and be a little <clears throat> bit more refined. Yes. And in some cases as well, I think there's the appreciation that with the reach that you can get, again, depending on what your product or service is or what your business is doing, with the reach that you can achieve, you can actually strip back a little bit of your offering. You can focus on your core competency. You can lean out your teams and you can have a more flat structure running across that, allowing people to just work in the ways that are most effective. And probably the best yeah. thing to come out of this remote environment is that it's no longer about, you know, it's no longer about effort and hours. It's about output and value. Yes. And that's, and that's a huge, a huge shift because that is going to allow people to have flexibility, to feel more autonomous, to feel more accountable for their work, but also enjoy it more. And I think it's also prompted a lot of people when they're not getting caught up in the cycle of going in and doing that to actually reflect on what they want to do. And I've come from the same, I was spent a long time in agency world, you yeah. know, working in uh, tech and web. And after a while, you you get those opportunities to see how much value you're providing. You don't need that surrounding hierarchy or management structure. And you realize that you're actually able to get something done on your own. Yeah. Um, so I think it's been I think it's been a great shift. And I think it's going to be an interesting couple of years ahead, though, because, you know, it's going to have a lot of knock on impact in a lot of directions. Yeah, well, and because I think that, and also, you know, kind of getting back to to your point of view, which is the idea of bringing purpose into what you're doing, um, you know, is that, you know, I think that, you know, kind of by having sort of a, um, you know, a, you know, by decentralizing, I think the way that a lot of skilled workers are, are, you know, instead of having all of them be inside a corporate hierarchy, instead, you know, by, by kind of bringing them in on a one-off basis, uh, at yeah. a bill rate instead of carrying them as full-time employees. Uh, you know, I think that creates a lot more of an opportunity for people to really bring their purpose into what they're doing. And incidentally, I think it creates a lot more flexibility for companies too, because, you know, the thing is you, you figure if you're only bringing somebody in kind of when needed, even if it's at a, you know, say, you know, a few hundred dollars an hour bill rate, uh, a lot of times it's still less expensive than carrying them as a full-time employee. Um, you know, because yeah. then, you know, you don't have to carry the benefits, you don't have to, you know, because, you, you know, the whole, uh, at least my observation is that, like, in the corporate world, right, if you're being carried as a full-time employee, you're being paid for 40 hours a week, uh, not all 40 hours are highly productive. I would say that, in general, yeah. you'd be lucky if it's half. It's usually quite a bit less than that. <laughs> yeah, and I think we've, it's a strange one, because you can take it from the the view of a startup where every person needs to wear a whole bunch of hats yep. to get something done. And there's no such phrase as that's not my job. You know? And there's, there's huge value in that and people coming to the table for that. Yep. But what that's also allowing for and as companies grow is 
now now that everyone's comfortable with remote working or you know most companies are comfortable with remote working then it can be looking at specialists but again it brings purpose into what you do if for example and you know i just go into web dev mindset but if you're if you're a developer who's extremely good at building react applications for financial yeah. calculators and but you only usually get to do that for 5 hours a week in your job and the other 35 are doing random things you can now become the specialist and do that for all of your time and you can offer yeah. that at your highest value and that's essentially um that comes down as well into the you know the topic of essentialism which Greg McKeon speaks a lot which is yeah. putting you know bringing forward your highest and best use and putting that forward and getting rid of the you know the trivial mass of everything else and just putting forward yeah. your highest and best purpose you'll be far more fulfilled you'll probably get paid more for it the people who work with you are going to be impressed at your work because you nail what you're putting to the table mm-hmm. and it's great a company can have that flexibility and they don't have to worry as well a lot about a lot of the process and the management process is not exactly as you said those those reviews and development plans which a lot of the time the manager sitting on the table resenting having the conversation and the employee sitting there thinking nothing's going to happen it's a waste of time when we could all be doing something more valuable yeah uh, precisely precisely and yeah and i i think i i'm very aligned with you in that i see what's hap- what i see right now is kind of that evolution toward that future state is happening i don't know that i know exactly what that future state's going to look like but i'm really oh, yeah. certain that <laughs> world 2019 is not going to exist again No, I think so. And I think if we knew exactly how that was going to end up, we'd probably be somewhere else speaking right now, getting paid a whole right. bunch of money to tell people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> right, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be interesting. There's, you know, and uh, it's it's a real strange shift. And even in the world of product, and you know, going back to the the kind of purpose driven businesses that I work with, it's. it's an expansion where there's more access to good skills now and that's what's happening in this in this way of working and that means that you know the the small the small kombucha brand who's selling at the local farmers market and has got the ethical practices and has got the vision of what they could do if they had the time and resource has mm-hmm. now got more access to that so now it has to become a mindset shift as the resource becomes available it's understanding that they're not going to make the changes they want at the local market anymore they need to start thinking bigger and now is the time to capitalize on that and that's really what i want to like coach people into and work with people on is thinking thinking bigger because the opportunity is actually aligned perfectly now for for people to do that because the playing field's been leveled in a lot of ways yeah no i think it 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 really has it 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 really has i mean okay well let's see so uh, as you've been talking with uh, you know with your podcast guests and you know just w- with people that you've been consulting with on kind of bringing really bringing their ethical purpose into what they're what they're doing what has been their kind of you know uh, what, what what's been that biggest aha or the primary thing they've they have thought would be one way but was actually different because you know I, i've mm-hmm. always found that those wh- whatever's most counterintuitive is usually where the insights are at <laughs> yeah it's um that's an interesting one i mean maybe one of the things that what i what i double down on and i think is maybe what people that i work with and coach through this and even talk who listen to the mm-hmm. podcast don't always want to hear is the 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 change in the world that people think they're making through their business is 
is just not effective unless they start thinking like a corporate in a way. Yeah. Um, and that's been the kind of a high moment is people, people will start companies that they want to be more purpose driven because they want to break the mold of, yeah. you know, those, those in a way who have proved that they not necessarily can't be trusted to do the right thing, but have fallen victim to just chasing the dollar in the way the current world yeah. is. So people come in with a new mentality if they want to break that mold. Um, but they don't, they don't bring to the table the actual, the kind of grit and entrepreneurial drive that is, is also required. It's, it's not okay to just yeah. sort of sit back and be too, you know, soft and fluffy about it. It's great if that's how you want to do that. And if you want to have a small business and you want to support local and do that, that's great. But that is not going to put the pressure. That's not going to put the fire yeah. underneath the ones who are currently dominating the industry. And I think that's the biggest thing for people is realizing that, you you have to come in with similar levels of skill of knowledge yeah. of passion to actually work at the top levels of business um, to yeah. to make a change. It's otherwise it's just too small in too many places. Um, the counter to that as well is to actually collaborate, and that's the other thing as well as in in smaller, more purpose driven businesses there is a bit of a scarcity mindset as well. It's like, hey, I'm here selling this product in this environment, and so's the guy down there. Now, you've got two ways to look at that. You can either say, hey, we come together because us combined has got more chance of mm -hmm. having some market dominance. Or you just look at it that it's the rising tide that's going to lift everyone. If, if we're providing more options, it becomes more yeah. accessible for consumers. So I think as well, yeah, breaking, it's very much mindset driven. It's breaking the scarcity mindset and thinking that there's only place for one, you know, local ethical business to yeah. do something. And um, changing that mindset as well that you know you've you've got to you've got to start rivaling you've got to start thinking like the billionaires to change to change the industry. Well, I think there's um and there's a couple of nuggets in there that I kind of want to unpack a little bit. Mm. Uh, there was one saying that I, I heard that's a little different from what you said, but I, I think it's worth repeating, which is that uh, when you're an entrepreneur, there's no such thing as just doing enough to get by. You. you yeah, yeah. In other words, you're either growing or you're not, you're either succeeding or you're not. And in yeah. a lot of, and the answer to that in a lot of cases will be, you're not just because there's 10 times as much that needs to be done as you have time to do it. Um, and mm -hmm. so that, you know, kind of that, uh, that, that resist, that continual feeling of failure is just something that you have to really learn how to work through, uh, you know, but yeah. yeah, but there's no just getting to five o'clock and you're good. <laughs> it's that every no. day there's a pile of stuff that's undone and, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is there's always something more to do and I think it's actually again this comes cycles back to what we're talking about there are a lot of people um, there are a lot of people now going into their side hustles and that's because yeah. they're working from home and they've probably got a little bit of flexibility because one they've saved time on their commute and two let's be real they're probably putting in a couple of bonus hours on someone yeah. else's time and that's great but the thing is as well and this is something that I also I've talked to people a lot about as well and done podcasts myself about is uh, the actual, the truth about a side hustle. Um, now, and really, realistically, a side hustle is something that you go out there to do to make some extra cash. Like driving yeah. Uber is, can be a side hustle. Working a second job can be a side hustle. Um, but as in a world where entrepreneurship and starting your own business is more accessible and just a couple yeah. of clicks away, <laughs> more easy than ever, that's not necessarily a side hustle. It's a project that is going to sink time. It's going to sink money. It's going to, everything comes at a trade-off. You can't yeah. gain something without giving something else away. 
And because it's more accessible, I think more people are doing it and thinking that they can gain something without trading something off. Um, you know, it's the, one of the biggest lessons I learned in going out of, you know, structured salary work yeah. was very quickly that as soon as money started coming in, the best thing I could do was remain broke and start paying other people. You know, that's, and, yeah. and that's it. And realizing that you have to sacrifice in a lot of places, you've got to pay other people because you need more resource. Um, yeah. e even if you're going full time and you're dedicating those 16 hours a day to something, if you can get someone else, if that money comes into you, but you let it go and pass it to someone else, now you're getting 25 hours a day of leverage yeah. and impact. And that's where the real gain comes from. So it's being willing to make that trade-off as well. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really good point. Well, and because I think then what that gets into, which may be beyond the scope of today's conversation, <laughs> is uh, kind of uh, managing that what I call kind of the great divide of that bridge from being salaried to being able to, you know, to being independent, uh, both financially and from a relationship perspective, just because yeah. it's, yeah, the, the, the idea of putting in a whole lot of work and not making any money for it is, that's a tough one to swallow. It is. And it's a tough one as well. Like, I mean, for me, I started my, you know, I broke out of the salary mold in, in my early thirties and kind of went into that way. And that's, that, had given me enough time to get comfortable and making money and, you know, and doing that thing to then it's, it's a sacrifice. And I actually um, did release an episode about this recently and posted up about this and a whole thing, because it's one of the questions I get very, very often is when is the right time to quit my job and pursue my, you know, my business or my side hustle full time. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, there's not a right or wrong. There's a lot of schools of thought about that. Someone would say, don't quit until you're making enough money in your side hustle that, you know, or your other business that it's going to be the same as what you're making now. Um, but I think if you're waiting for that moment, you're, you're diluting your odds of getting there yeah. because you, you can't, like if, if you get to a point where you can create another business and you can generate the same income in a fraction of the time, then you're on something great and, you know, quit yeah. your job and double down on that sooner. Yeah. Um, but it really comes down to risk tolerance. And that's, that's at an individual level is how much are you willing to risk? How much are you willing to sacrifice? How understanding is your partner? <laughs> that's always yeah. going to have an element as well. And yeah, what is, how far are you willing to fall, I suppose? And how yeah. low are you willing to put the safety net um, before, before you're happy to let something catch you? And if that's right at the bottom, then you can jump out now and give it a try, but you just have to realize where the bottom looks like and make yourself comfortable with that. Um, yeah. And it's it's actually a, an old stoic, so I also kind of nerd out on the side and some philosophy as well. And uh, it's a very stoic um, philosophy as well to at times live without everything, like live at the uh -huh. bottom of yeah. your means to become comfortable with that so that you lose the fear. You know, if you can, if you can strip yourself for a month of everything that's comfortable in your life, of your car, of, you know, your consistent income, of the things that you're used to, your Uber Eats, like if you <laughs> scrap everything out yeah. and you realize that you can actually still be comfortable, healthy and happy with all of those things gone, you'll stretch your risk tolerance and that yeah. will give you, that will give you a better vision of where you can be. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's exceptionally, uh, exceptionally uh, prescient. The other thing that I was thinking that too, while you were talking is that one thing to, that I think that's really important to remember is that what your business looks like when you start it and what it looks like when you get to a point of success might be very different. Mm 
Uh, you, yeah. you, and yeah. you, you might, you might have to morph, you might have to pivot, you might have to put on ancillary businesses. Uh, you know, I think there was one, uh, there's one construct I've looked at, which is the, the idea that, uh, you know, the, the idea that, you know, that instead of just having one business that you almost create a flywheel of interconnected businesses so that your business development for any one can cross over or you can cross sell between the different entities. Uh, you know, and of course that's all complicated yeah. and takes time, uh, you know, but I think that's one of the things you have to remember to, or you have to be open to, which is that where you end up may be very, very, very different than where you initially were trying to go. Oh man, I think if there's ever, yeah, my, my scenario has been a perfect example of that. Um, and to give some context as well for yourself and people listening is when I, when I did leave you know, full-time life, it yeah. was to double down and work full-time on the ethical fashion business yeah. called No Skin, which I founded with a couple of co-founders. Now, on, as a, you know, when starting a business, even if it's product, being an authority in your area is a key thing. So I started a podcast called Producing with Purpose, yeah. which was released via the fashion label. Um, and it was really a networking tool as well. It was so I could speak to people who would otherwise not tell me their secrets and do it under the guise of a podcast. And that was that was what it went. Producing with Purpose then kind of broke out from that, became my consultancy agency, became PWP Consulting, and is where and is now actually what is driving in the revenue, which I can then transfer across to fund my other business yeah. and allows me to do things like this. So I left to start one business business which accidentally started the successful business over here which is then going to go into various different routes as well so as long mm -hmm. as you've got that as long as you're not too precious really you're not too focused down on saying yeah. this is you know this is what I thought it was going to be this was my 10-year vision you know and you you roll with it then it's a lot more fun on the journey as well you know you, yeah. take, you take the opportunities because you'll get opportunities come up that you just didn't expect would land your way anyway well, and one other thing, at least that I've noticed also is that, you know, when you're in a, say, when you're in a corporate environment, you tend to talk to a lot of the same people. Uh, so like, yeah. for example, I was at Intel for you know, almost 18 years. And when I looked at my LinkedIn, I was like, wow, over half of my connections are other people from Intel. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, whereas what happens is I think that, you know, when, when you go out in the community, when you're putting some kind of entrepreneurial venture together, of course, you need to go out and connect with people. And so that naturally begets a much broader network that, uh, you know, that will facilitate just meeting a lot more people who can help develop new ideas. Um, and so I think yeah. that, you know, that's one of the other reasons why in a lot of cases where you end up is very different from where you were initially trying to go. I think so. And one thing as well, and I, you know, circling back to what I do and how I speak to the people I work with and some of the aha moments for them is what was one for me is how willing people are along the way when you expand your network to help and to engage. And I'm sure you've encountered it the same hosting a yeah. podcast is that you'll reach out to people and people say yes. Or yeah. like you go, you go to someone for advice and someone's happy to have a coffee and do it. It's amazing that I find when you're sometimes in a corporate environment and you ask for somebody's time or you ask for somebody's guidance, everyone yeah. feels a little bit more closed off and more cagey around their yeah. time and their knowledge. But when you get out and everybody's, everybody started from a place of not knowing what they were doing and jumping out. So everybody empathizes with that. And I come across so many, yeah, my network has grown exponentially. It's grown into so many different places I wouldn't expect it to. Yeah. And I 
can count on one hand the times that I've been, you know, pushed back and someone's not been willing to um, support on the journey as well, yeah. which was a real, real game changer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's see. So, uh, so I think was it, we're, uh, we're getting close to time, but I don't want to cut us mm. off yet. Uh, give us a couple more ideas for people to take home with them. And then, uh, then of course, let us know your website and where people can learn more. Yeah, I think, look, the, there's a real, there is a real shift, and it's exactly what we've been talking about today. Um, in I've, I personally think, and of course I would, it's what I'm talking about. I think ethical entrepreneurship, purpose-driven business is the future. We're currently at a yeah. point in time where, your business having an underlying purpose is currently a marketing tool as well. Like, you know, that's a whole different topic. You know, you've got to make sure it's from an authentic place, um, but it is also a marketing tool. But there's going to become a time as well where, let you know, you take H&M, for example, they're yeah. talking about the sustainable clothing now and the things that they're doing. There will become a time sooner than we think where we have a weird transition where you don't talk about that anymore because it's assumed. Yeah. And... I think if you are looking to start something up now, it's imperative that you actually, you plan for that future ahead because very quickly companies are going to start getting left behind. When we talk about climate and the environment, when we talk about the way that workers are treated, when we talk about the way that we have hierarchies internally, mm -hmm. some of the ways we've been working in the last 10 years are going to age very quickly in the next 10 years. So it's about getting on the right side of that now, understanding it and bringing your passion to something. Yeah. And, and just bringing that, you know, intentional living as well into what you do in business, because, you know, we've got to, we've also learned as well, we need to take care of ourselves and our yes. health and our well-being. and doing something that gets you up in the morning and you genuinely care about is, has got to be the priority now as well. That's when you'll see success because you can just keep going longer than someone who's doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, yeah, that's an excellent, excellent thought to conclude on. Uh, well, let's see, yeah. so where can people learn more? Tell us about uh, your podcast, your website. Yeah, so I host the podcast Producing With Purpose as we've talked about a lot. You can just search for that on Spotify or you can go to producingwithpurpose.com.au. It's an Australian website because I'm here in Melbourne, Australia. And then for the fashion label I run as well, that is www.noskin.co, just .co at the end of that. And right, um, yeah, so hit it up. I'd love to hear from people. And thanks for having me, Doug. Outstanding. Well, thank you for coming on board. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to terminalvaluepodcast.com. For more information, please visit businessoflifellc.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.